Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack and Jim. This week in sports show as we are here every Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m., updating on the biggest stories in sports. We're live right now on Roku TV, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and we'll be on a bunch of other platforms uh, later on, folks. So I'm here, your host, Mac, with your co-host, our historian, Hall of Fame boxing legend, Hall of Famer writer, Jack Hirsch. And our legend on the show, Dallas Cowboy, two-time Super Bowl champion, one of the 100 Sack Club members, the best defensive end in Dallas Cowboy history, Jim Jeffco. Thanks for coming in, everybody, and viewing us. Today we'll have on Keith Angle from TGI Sports. He'll be giving us some of his sports updates on the Yankees, Patriots, and, and other things. We'll also have Robert Butler with his hot commentary and hot takes uh, coming in at about 8.30. And then we'll have in the Philly sports guy himself, Jamie Paz, giving us all the Philly sports updates. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning. Hey, Mac, great to have you back. Yes, it's great to be back, guys. It really is. Get back here and back on the show where I have my most fun. I do a lot of producing on my off time, but this is the most fun I have sharing sharing stories with you guys and and with the viewers and stuff like that. So let's let's get into it a little bit. Um, you know, you know, guys, something happened while, you know, while we were not away, but you know, while uh, this week in sports, and we got to talk about one team in general, right? That's right. The Golden State Warriors, they come in and they're back in the championship, folks. Stephen Curry, Clay Thomas. I mean, listen, this team is loaded, guys. I don't care what anybody says. Right now, they're favorites to win the championship. And, of course, we're waiting right now on the Celtics from Miami. Now, they seem to be firing all cylinders, right? Their offense is playing well. Their defense is playing well. You know, they got they got a lot of... Uh, players, I, I think their starting five offensively might be the best in the league. Defensively, there's a couple questions. But Jim, you think it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter who wins this Eastern Conference Final. They're going to beat the Warriors. That's I heard you say that. Yeah, because I think what happens if you they can match up to Thompson and obviously um, uh, Porter and Clay. I mean. Um, Stephen Curry. I think that these teams are so good defensively, they'll give them issues. I think they're, they're obviously the Warriors are a talented team, but I just think that the East has better defensive players because you watch them play, and it's pretty impressive to see what they do. They'll man up on you, and it's obviously going to be dependent on how the refs call the game. So what do you think, Jack? I mean, listen – Miami and the Celtics have given us one of the best finals in a long time. Each team winning on each other's court. You have, you know, uh, you have different players taking over the game at different times. But, man, Jimmy Butler, what he did last game, it was unbelievable. Offensively, defensively, this guy is a superstar. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he kind of reminds me 
of a, a Philadelphia 76er who played guard for them and carried the 76ers all the way to the championship, but he's bigger and he's stronger. So what do you think, Jack? I mean, do the Miami Heat have a chance at beating the Celtics or is it the Celtics tonight? It's a game, it's a game seven, Mac. Anyone can beat anyone like for one given game. I mean – even if Jimmy Butler shows up in peak form, I kind of wonder, is it going to be enough? I also kind of wonder how important is home court advantage compared to years ago? Years ago, Miami would have been a solid favorite on their home court. But as we've seen in this these playoffs, I mean, the Celtics win a key game five in Milwaukee, you know, to turn things around. I mean, a key game six in Milwaukee to, you know, get this this series back home and beat the Bucks, And then look what happened the last two games. I mean, Miami wins on Boston's floor, where you think Boston's going to wrap it up. The game before that, when they're two games apiece, the Celtics win on Miami's court. So you kind of won the home court advan- advantage in that. Uh, you know, but even if Jimmy Butler shows up and he's at his best, does he really have the supporting cast? That's what you have to ask. I think Boston, between Tatum and Brown and Smart, they have those extra weapons, I think, that they could call upon that Miami, you know, just can't quite do. I agree to you a certain extent, Jack, and you make a good point, but Lowry is the X factor to me. And the reason I say that is he's a younger version of Chris Paul. That's what he is. I mean, he's a field general. He sees things that the normal point guards don't see. And I think that makes that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Obviously, Tatum Brown and Marcus Smart are talented players. Hawford, and they do have depth. It's how the refs are going to call the game that's going to be the most important thing for either team because they're both physical teams. Jim, Jim, a younger version of Chris Paul, who's been in the NBA for 17 years, future Hall of Famers, never went to the finals. Okay? Yeah. That's the answer for the game. Now he's won it. Now he's running. He's won a championship. Lowry has. You kind of, I think Lowry would be a great go-to guy if Jimmy Butler's just having a terrible night for whatever reason, and someone has to step in and make a major impact. I agree. Kyle Lowry has the potential. Yeah. And what I was saying is basically that Lowry, is, his style of play is similar to Paul. Yes, Paul hasn't been in there. I'm not saying he's Chris Paul. I'm saying they play a similar style. Of yeah. So, so guys, who who's made the better coaching uh, decisions? I mean, listen, it seems to me any team, either team that wins, Gets off to that fast start, right? Miami did it. Boston did it. Miami did it. Boston did it. It seems like the other team makes a comeback, and then the one that got off to the fast start has put them away. So, I mean, is that all it is? Does whoever wins this game, game seven, have to get up to an explosive start? Is that what it's going to take to win this? You know, I uh... – I don't think so. I mean, anything less than a reasonably close game would surprise me. You know what the X fact is that no one ever talks about how these athletes recover on basically short rest because you have to you have to feel that Miami put everything out in that game six. They never took their foot off the accelerator. Can they come back two days later? We've seen throughout these playoffs where one team – 
wins a big game and then a couple of nights later they're not the same team. You kind of wonder the fatigue factor. How come How come in basketball we never talk about that? I mean, a football player, if you're playing on a Sunday and then you have to play on Thanksgiving on a Thursday, it's really short rest. You're still aching. How come we never do that comparison in basketball? I don't know. That's a good point, but I, yeah. I, it's been done. A lot of basketball players play multiple games. They play back-to-back games sometimes. But they're not as effective two games in a row uh, most of the time. Like a Jimmy Butler scored 47 points Friday night. Can we really count on him to give anywhere near the same type of performance? Well, I, I think you can because obviously they know the situation. But you look at um, – I'm just using him as a – references Luka Donovan. I mean, he averaged over 30 points in the games. Luka doesn't play defense, though. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, Listen, well, he's I, not all over the place. Listen, he's I, I guess up and you know, down the court, walks up and down the court. I guess if you look at the really great teams, you always had that superstar, but you always had that Robin, right? You always had that second or third guy you could go to. If Larry Bird scored 40 points one game, Mikhail could come get 30, you know, 30 points the next game. And to me, that's going to be the big thing. Can, can, you know, who's going to be the second guy? And I, I think it's going to be out of bottle. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's, that's where, that's where it remains to me. Right. If look at the Warriors, if Curry doesn't do it, there's Thompson. Right. And if he don't do it, there's another guy there, too. I mean, they got maybe three great ones. But yeah. But here's the thing that you just said that about Luca. But Curry doesn't play defense or Clay Thompson. They don't play defense. I disagree with that, Jim. No, no, they I, play defense. I mean, they're not the greatest defenders. They're, but they're, they're they not. try to isolate them all the time. And you hear the announcers even say they're trying to isolate Curry or Thompson on defense. Well, I mean, it, I mean, to me, from when I saw Thompson, he plays a pretty good defense. He may not be as good as, as you know, one of the better defenders. Uh, but I sure think he's better than some of the offensive players that play no defense at all. That's why I give Jimmy Butler so much credit. I think Jimmy yeah. Butler is fantastic. Yeah, uh, the best defensive player that Golden State has is obviously Draymond Green. Right. Exactly. Who is not bad. And and yeah. and Green can and Green can dominate from the inside too if he has yeah. on offense, Jim. So he's a he's an overall great player. Let's bring in Keith Angle from TGI Sports. Talk a little bit of. Yankees with them, some Patriots, all kinds of stuff. Even some Knicks, because I want to, I want to, I want to go off on the Knicks a little bit here, as, <laughs> as I always do. I think every Knicks fan wants to do that. But Keith, how you doing today, my friend? Good. Good morning, guys. Matt, good to good see morning, you. Good morning, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Good to see you too, Keith from TGI Sports Talk. Great show. Great interviews. Uh, check it out anytime you can. All over social media. Part of Northeast Streaming Sports. Roku. You. YouTube, and also on his other social sites. So, Keith, let's talk a little bit about the Yankees. The Yankees lose three to one versus Tampa Bay right now to thirty-three and fourteen. They get four hits. Derek Cole pitches six innings, is up two hits in one run. Pretty good, not bad. Only six innings though, and he has he gets a little mad because he doesn't get the call. What this looks like to me is if the Yankees keep playing the way they're playing. And even if they play a little less, say 
there's a decision to be made at the end of the year. Say you guys are right, I'm wrong. Yankees don't win the division. They come up on a one one game wild card, and Cortez continues to pitch the way he does, and so does Cole. You're the manager or GM. What do you do? Are you gonna are you gonna go with your thirty million dollar year pitcher uh, that that you know can have a great game, or are you gonna go with a Cortez who may be the ace of the Yankees right now? Yeah. Well, assuming that were the case, but. I'm almost certain you guys can correct me. I don't think the wild card is a one-game playoff anymore because of the ex- uh, the extended playoffs. Uh, but let's just say it was. Okay. Uh, let's just say, well, I think it's two out of three. I'm not positive. I have to look it up because there have been so many changes to the playoffs in the in the in MLB. But in your scenario, <laughs> it's a tough decision, but it, it's it's a simple one at the end of the day. Garrett Cole's getting the, the baseball. Even though Cortez has been a better pitcher, you know, for the better part of a year now, um, I think I think Cole will get the will get the nod, and he's pitched. No, he hasn't well. been a better, but not a whole year, Keith. I mean, Cole came up runner up for the Saw Young Award. I said, yes, yeah, so not not for that the better part of a year. This year, I mean, I that's about that. it. Not going back into last year. I, Oh my gosh! The second half of the year, Cortez was a better pitcher. Listen, I'm a big Garrett Cole he fan. Was, yeah, I, I, okay, maybe you have a point there. Now that I think of it, what you're saying, yeah. Well, well Keith, yeah, Keith agreed with you. He said he goes. You that one, Keith. You got me on that one. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, I kind of disagree with you. So, okay, let's let's change the scenario. First game, you got to get it. Who do you start? To me, you go with your best pitcher. I, I don't care what you pay the other guy. I mean, if you want to, you want to jump out one or nothing, or if it's the final game, why would I be going with Cole and his stats stay basically the same and Cortez has better stats? Have you have we watched Derek Cole pitch in big games before? Yup. And what's happened? He was an he pitched great with Houston and, and uh, when he was there in the postseason. Yeah. With the Yankees, we know he had his troubles the end of last season. And uh, I'm still again. I'm just giving him the ball. I don't. He's probably on a short leash, like anybody would be in a one game playoff, right? I mean, to me, you got to win, and maybe Cortez is in is coming in behind him. I don't know, but I, again, I thought I had you in a position where you're going to defend uh, Cole for a second there, uh, Mac. I thought I kind of swung you around there, <laughs> but uh, look, it's going to be a tough decision, and it's a long ways off too. You know, you know, I love. Nestor, I really do, and I keep waiting for the the the, the <laughs> you know the bloom to come off the rose here, and it doesn't. I mean, he keeps doing it day, game after game, pitch well again the other night. So, really happy with what he's done. And it, I hope they have that. That's a tough decision. That's a team. That's a decision. It's a lot. Of and Cole is going, but we know Cole's going to get to start, regardless of what we would do. We know Cole is going to get to well, get to start. That's part of what I'm my, my thinking, right? I know how the Yankees think, and I know how Cashman thinks, and I know how Boone thinks, and they f- think he's got to get the start. So that's that weighs into my opinion. Yeah, well, I did. That wasn't the scenario. The scenario is you're the GM. I, I still, still will start, I still will start Garrett Cole. I, I would too. Yeah, uh, that's why. Definitely. That's why. You, that's why you guys predicted the Yankees not to win the division. Jim, what would you do? <laughs> that's why I'm here at eight ten on a Sunday morning. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Jim, what, would you, what would you do? I mean, I mean, you're 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 a former coach, right? And you have a running back that's been running like crazy. Even your starting running back makes more money than he does. He's supposed to be better, but at the end of the year, 
the the the, the uh, second string running back is playing better than the first string. You're going to start the 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 starting running back. Or are you going to start the uh, second string running back? I don't think that's a fair comparison. Oh, it is. But what he's trying to say is Pollard and uh, Elliott. That's what he's trying to say. say. And that's what it is. But there's a lot of things backdoor there. They pay Pollard, obviously, a a good salary, but they pay Elliott a great salary. So the lease is a little longer with Elliott, trust me. And that's just the the finances, and Uh, that's just the way it is. I Does think it finance? Is it winning playoffs and going to championship? It has doesn't it have that has something to do with finances too, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you, Mac. Mac, it has a long ranging effect. I just picked up a book. I was in the Dallas store a couple of months ago. Okay, there's a Jeff. book on David Ortiz. No, no, I'll get to the point I'm getting at. I say, get the book to Dallas. <laughs> On David Ortiz. Let, me, let me get my point. But David Ortiz <laughs> was upset. At one point, Terry Francona pinch hit for him. Only one time. And he never forgave Terry Francona for that. I mean, there's a long-ranging effect. If there's a playoff game, you don't start cold. You have them, what do you have them for, like six years after this one? That's a good it's point. It's a long-ranging effect if you don't start him in a big spot, especially no. when he's pitching well. No. You, may, you maybe never recover from that. Here we go. Here but we it's go happening again. with Barkley. It's happening with your team, with Barkley. He is playing, and they're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. Right. Here we go. What they pay. Let's, let's not hurt this. Jim, Jim, let's not let's not hurt your feelings, Jim. I love this. This is great. We don't want to hurt his feelings. I mean, come on. No, I'm hurt his feelings. I he, hurt my feelings. No, I'm I talking mean, about. Do you hear these two? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine Jimmy Johnson worried about hurting your feelings? Can you imagine that? Oh, it was a different time. Oh my God! Jesus. That's the reality. God, I don't know what the hell. These going players on. are not the same players in any. Oh, I know. I'm tired of hearing it. We got to stop treating them like 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 the old times. Maybe they'll start acting that way. On um, the Patriots, Keith. Patriots. Real quick, you miss a big point there. That you I go know. To- I miss. I miss a you lot. Gotta of go you got to go to a dollar store to find a book about David Ortiz. I think. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't looking. It just it just came across. You know, I mean, I- <laughs> Ah, don't overstimulate me, please. Uh, the Patriots that do not let, that's a little crazy. They don't let their tight end coach, Nick Cayley, they don't let him talk to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Patriots have lost, uh, let me see if I got this right, Carmen Barcilla, uh, Bastila de Gra, Mark Lombardi, and GM Dan Ziegler to the Raiders. But Listen, this is where they're putting their foot down. They're not going to let the tight end coach talk to the Raiders. I mean, I love this. is great. Now, I understand, right? I mean, listen, Belichick's probably tired of uh, of, of McDaniel stealing his whole coaching staff here and everything. So mm-hmm. they finally said, hey, you can have all these other guys, but the tight end coach, no, that's not happening. Yeah, well, you know, who knows? They may have tried to stop some of the other ones because uh, if it's a lateral move, they can deny, I think, the interview. If it's a, if it's an upward mobility move, then they can't say no. So I don't know what the situations were of all those other situations. Right. Um, I do think some of them were up, were, you know, were 
they were upward moves. So they may want to try some of those, but it is kind of look funny, right? You know, that we let five guys go and <laughs> this is the guy we got to keep. We're trying the line here, Keith. Right, this was a good lead. You know, actually the lead in the Garrett Cole thing, you could tie into the Raiders situation in a sense because they tried out Colin Kaepernick. And let's say they do put him on the team. Derek Carr is the solid starter. He just got the big contract. The oh, that's not, money. That's... You can't replace him with, with anyone. But getting back with Keith's point, the Patriots, Jason Stidham went there as the backup to the Raiders. That is true. But where's their space for Colin Kaepernick outside of being a third-string quarterback? What, 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 listen, what, Stidham what, what, is... We'll, we'll get, we'll get to, we will get to Colin Kaepernick in a little bit, Jack. I, I've got a lot, a lot of things to say about that. We got to talk about last night's fight. But we're talking, we're, 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 yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Thank you for setting up my format for us. But <laughs> Keith, Keith is not here to talk about the Raiders, Jack. He's not here. That's not who we cover. So we're not going to talk about the Raiders. Watch my vlog about. Uh, well, there's a link. Josh now, so yes, Keith is already on the Raiders. Keith, Keith did. Keith did have a vlog. If you guys are interested about Colin Kaepernick, that's up up on Roku too on on, on our VOD. So uh, check it out. It's, it's a good vlog. Uh, so let's get to the next. Now it seems to me, and and I know Jack will probably agree with me. I, I'm not sure if Jim is a Knicks fan or not. He probably he probably said the heck with the Knicks a long time ago. Probably smart, but. The, the Knicks always do this all – it seems like since I've been a Knicks fan, since the time began I became a Knicks fan. What they do is they find their way to get under the salary cap, and they got all this extra money. And instead of waiting for a great free agent to come available, as, you know, as the rumors are, they're interested in Brunson from the Mavericks. Well, of course, they can't pay Brunson what the Mavericks can pay. Brunson, yeah, because right? Max gets the Max. Yeah, they, yeah, they can't pay that. Right. And neither can and neither can any other. They would have to do all kinds of crazy stuff to get Brunson. But it seems to me that the Knicks always have all this cap room and then end up spending it on a Walker and a Fournier. They they can't hold on to the money. They get all nervous and like it burns a hole in their pocket. Like well, we got we have you know we have seventy. $70 million under the cap. We can go out there. We can get a great free agent. But then they end up spending it on guys that are either too old or been injured or have no defense. or no. Keith, when is this madness going to stop? And you got contracts coming up. I mean, when is the GM and the owner over there going to get it together and say, listen, once we get $70 million or $75 million on the cap, we're not going to spend it on anybody. Well, well, maybe this will stop when James Dolan sells the team. I'll start there. But remember, part of the reason they haven't been able to get top free agents is because they won't come to New York. When Carmelo was here and they tried to bring in LeBron and they tried to bring in Chris Paul and they tried to bring in this one and that one, they can't get them either because they won't come here or they they want a whole lot more money or they can get it elsewhere. Um and I don't think they've wanted to come to this mismanaged organization over the last 20 years. And that's part, I disagree, that's part of the problem. But let me, let me throw this at you. If the Brooklyn Nets didn't exist, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would be Knicks at the present time. Because yeah. now there's a New York option. And for young people, Brooklyn is the in place to be. <laughs> You know, the Barclays Center, the whole image of Brooklyn, as opposed to the old time thinking of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I'm not know. sure about that. I don't, know if I, agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that either. I don't know if I agree with that. 
I think I think I think Nick uh, Keith has a heck of a point with the culture here. Yeah. Um, and, and and listen, I mean, you've got you've you've got some young players on the Knicks. They had some last year that maybe a free agent would have came, a good free agent when it came, but then they yeah. go ahead and they sign Walker and they sign Fournier and they sign whoever else, which makes no sense. Why are you signing guys that are good? Why not get that great player to come and lead that young team? And that's what they do all the time, and that's what drives me crazy, Keith. I think they try, though. I really do think they try, Mac, and, and the guys just won't come here because of what you said, the culture and – and and they know that Dolan's got his fingers into everything, and I just think I, I don't think it, Dolan. I think I don't think the players are thinking. Oh, Dolan! Dolan really doesn't interfere that much with. Well, the look at the guys he's running years ago. But, uh, look at the guys he's brought in here to run the organization. Be you know before now, right? Or yeah. even now, if you want to look at now, Isaiah Thomas and Phil Jackson and guys who should not have been in the upstairs running this organization and making all the day-to-day decisions. And guys see that type of thing, and they aren't going to come they here. A while ago. Question. From a financial standpoint, it's more expensive for players to play in New York. Live, yeah. Because of the taxes. And live. And I mean, it is more expensive. How about for that? <laughs> but, but that's but, it, it happens in it happens in California too. Yeah. Well, it hasn't it hasn't affected the Lakers uh uh Jim. They still got a competitive last year not good, but they still got a competitive team. It hasn't hurt Boston. Massachusetts taxes are out outrageous. It hasn't hurt them. They're still getting they, good players. They those guys, if you look at Golden State, their homegrown town, correct? Most same thing with uh, Boston. That's homegrown talent. So you take it. That's a different thing. While the Knicks, the Nets, the Lakers are trying to go out and get these players that maybe pass their prime. They're looking for their last payday. They're looking for their their last payday. Let's be honest. You know. To the original question, though, Mac, too, if you can't get those top-level free agents, maybe you shouldn't be spending your money on these guys, and you should build from within and and build up like Jim was just talking about. These other great teams have done, you know, they, the Knicks don't stick to a plan more than two years. That's yes. part of the problem. Keith, Keith, but you said it best in the past. The NBA, you can't build through the draft the same way you do in football, true. unless you're kicking all the way at the top of the NBA draft. The first that is year. true. But, so what you're stuck in quicksand, you know, until you get lucky and something happens. You're right. Maybe the Pelicans give up on Zion Williams at some point, and uh, you know, and the Knicks are willing to sign him to a max deal, can somehow get him. I mean, you have to get lucky. Well, you have to get lucky in a draft. To Jim's point, the Warriors weren't drafting at the top of the draft when they draft Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, I can tell you. And Draymond Green were picking in the mid-teens, and they got these guys. So there's well, a lot Curry of – Curry number seven, as I recall. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's so, uh, a prime example is Memphis, another one. That's yeah, a good young point. team going up. And yeah. they, I mean, you just look at the teams that are starting to be successful today. They – Get the they just get lucky on the draft or it's just great scouting. Yeah, I, maybe 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 it's just scouting. Maybe that's maybe that's where I they got to work. I think that's a big part of it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Keith, I want to thank you for coming in and joining us as you do every 
Fridays and Sundays, Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk. Like I said, great show, great host, and has a lot of great guests on there. Keith, thanks again, my friend. Thanks for having me. Matt, Wednesday night, right? Wednesday night, ready to rock, my friend. I'm right, gonna, I can't we're going to blow, blow the doors off that place. All right. All right. Lots of fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, sorry, I cut you, Keith, but you uh, uh, yeah, I did cut him off. I, you know, Keith will throw things at me at the last minute. He always does that to me. He always wants to chat about things later and stuff. So, but anyway, Keith Angle is on, you know, you know folks, great, great talk show host. I'm going to be on the college huddle with him Wednesday mm-hmm. night as we talk about how to fix college football so up next is one of our guests with the hottest takes in sports does all the 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 looking for the biggest biggest stories from sports scope robert butler and we'll have him on every sunday too folks about 8 30 so let's bring robert up and see what's going on hey good morning guys good morning robert Robert, how you doing today my friend i'm good you know i was listening that last segment guys the joker with the denver two-time mvp uh second round pick yep. gotta get them scouts ready gotta gotta yeah, have yeah, everyone gets lucky now and then but i'm saying percentage wise the harder you work the luckier you get guys that's right. the truth <laughs> that's the truth maybe it's the scouting department maybe maybe we're talking about the wrong thing i don't know i don't know i mean maybe mm-hmm. that's where they need the most help so robert yeah of course we love to talk to you about the biggest stories and, and jack brought this up because jack just Got to jump the gun with the big stories, and that's how Jack is, and that's why I love him. So, Colin Kaepernick, he ends up over with the Raiders for a tryout. The head coach says, listen, I don't talk about anybody that's not on the roster, right? Now, first I want to get your thoughts, and, of course, we'll go around the, around the horn here and give us – give us you will give mm-hmm. a, you our thoughts too. But Colin Kaepernick – as we know, is a lightning rod. Has been since he started. Well, really, since he took the uh, 49ers to the Super Bowl, right? Had, had that one yeah. great year when he ran all over Green Bay and and they were ahead of the Ravens in the Super Bowl until the lights went out. So, Robert, what are your thoughts about Colin Kaepernick possibly, possibly making the Raiders roster? Well, you know, Kaepernick's play started going downhill as soon as we started hearing rumblings about Jim Harbaugh having run-ins with the San Francisco management. It's like it bled down to Kaepernick's play, if you guys recall. Well, back 2015, uh, he was on a trajectory up, I mean, playing like an MVP at one point. Yeah, I remember that Green Bay game. That was a crazy season, and uh, I thought he was on the rise and going to be a big star quarterback. But then, uh, you know, we all know what happened. Harbaugh leaves and everything. And uh, 2016, he gets beat out like Blaine Gabbert. So, and then we, we all know about the uh, the protest and everything. Now, he says that is over with. And, you know, he is 34 years old in football years. I, mean, I know he hasn't played in five years, but there's guys out there playing uh, at a pretty high level at that age at the quarterback position. So, I think it's much to do about nothing. The fact that he's saying that this protest is over, if somebody gets hurt and somebody gives a guy a chance, uh, I think the media will make a big deal for a day or two, and then and then it'll fall by the wayside. Uh, could be some other things come about it. I doubt it, but we'll see. Right now, nothing's imminent with the Raiders, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, 
What turned me off about Kaepernick? Like I said, I listen, he had a great year. I thought he was going to be, as you said, I thought he was going to be a superstar quarterback yeah. until, you know, he started playing a little bit worse the, the, the following year, and that happened with Harbaugh. What bothered me more about anything is, is not that, you know, he has opinions and views and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have your own opinion, your own view. But when you bring it to the arena or you bring it to the field, and you force people to watch something maybe they don't want to watch. And then yeah. you start having teams act a little crazy. They don't know what to do now. They don't know whether to join arms or do what Kaepernick's doing or not come out for the national anthem. And like it or not, the national anthem was traditionally as part of the game. And this is what turned me off about Kaepernick. And a lot of NFL viewers stopped watching football. He could have had all the rallies he wanted after the game in the parking lot, did his protests or his get-togethers. That wouldn't have bothered me at all. You know, the same thing happened with the NBA. When they started going socialist, they stopped, people stopped watching. And the NBA commissioner yeah. said, whoa, whoa, we're going to stop this. That's what bothered me. I don't care what his views are. I More power to him. I, I want to, when I'm a consumer of something and I tune in something, I don't want to be forced to watch something I don't want to watch when I tune in to watch what I want to watch, right? So, that's yeah. what turned me off about the whole thing. And that's why I had a problem with Colin Kaepernick. Your job is your job. Whatever you feel outside your, uh, whatever your feelings are, great, man. You've got plenty of ways to, to, to do that after you get done playing sports. And that's why I had a big problem with it. And, Jim, you played the game. I mean, you know. Well, the I don't have a problem. I'm going to tell you why. And I think that this was two people. The former president of the United States and the media, and they exploded this because there's always issues. The Tim Tebow issue with praying, if you remember. Right. Now we got, I think it's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Terry Francone. He said he's not coming out for the national anthem. Uh, Gabe Kaplan. That's Gabe, Kaplan. Uh, Gabe Kaplan, excuse the, me. The Giants. Yeah, for the Giants. And he said he's not coming out, but they're not exploding this. The media can take something and run. And this president took this and ran with it. It's a good point. And I just believe this. And the Kaepernick, unfortunately, he got this because there's players that have done this for years. There were players, many, nobody's ever said anything, but there were players that have done this. And he just became a media lightning rod. Listen, listen, Jim, 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 even, and I, I don't necessarily. And agree. I don't think it was what he meant it to be. Because I, and maybe not, and maybe there. not. And he also had shoes on that 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 the uh, 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 famed policeman and stuff. I mean, he did yeah. more than just that. So Muhammad Ali was was a Muslim, and at, what, during the fight, during the fight, he didn't wear Muslim flags and he didn't do that. He was outspoken for the Muslims, but he was fighting as an American. So yeah, a lot of a, a lot of a lot of players. Uh, I. You, Bill Russell. I mean, there's there's tons you could name outside the court took action. And I listen, I'm all for that. It's just when it comes into the arena and somebody forces me watch something that I might not want to watch. If I want to watch a socialist program or a political program, I'll tune that in. And that's all I'm saying, Jim. And I don't care what the president did. Well, I see the problem you have with and I, I can't argue with your views, but my views are is this just like that lady who told uh, LeBron James to shut up and dribble. That's not right. You well, have to have that. a point of view. And I'm, I, I, agree. Listen, I agree. 
Guys, I guys, are said I might not agree with, but I have to respect yeah. just on the show. I don't think I don't listen. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you, Jim. All I'm saying is there's a time and place for that. And I think where's the time and place when 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 you're not playing the game, when you're playing a sport, because that's what I'm wondering. No, Mac, I think it depends on the athlete. If it was Patrick Mahomes who would be taking the knees, the Chiefs would never cut him. The Chiefs would put a spin on it. Well, Patrick's entitled to his opinion. This and that, and the fan base wouldn't leave the Kansas City Chiefs because he's a superstar type athlete. But now you talk about Colin Kaepernick over the years. Now he wasn't blackballed. Blackballed means the owners get together and it's collusion. They didn't want the headache it would cause. And even now at Oakland, the players are being asked the organization Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Kaepernick for a guy who at best is going to be a backup quarterback. It's not worth it. But if any team could get a Patrick Mahomes, he could have any issues he wants. Look at the Sean Watson. Those are heavy-duty issues, but Cleveland is willing to pay the money and put up with it because they have one of the best quarterbacks in football now. Kaepernick is no more than a fringe starter at the very best at this point in time. Antonio Brown. We always argue on There are certain lightning rods, and I think not only does uh, – you know, does, does – uh, the political, I, I think big sports networks push this stuff too, which I don't think they should be doing either. So, Robert, let's get to the second one I, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Jimmy Butler. Is Jimmy Butler good enough, great enough to lead them to, to the championship? Can he beat the Celtics? Well, history history's on Miami's side, 79%. Uh, of uh, home teams win those game sevens. Now, Jimmy Butler had knee inflammation, guys, in game three. Mm-hmm. And his play went down 13 points in game, eight points in that game three, six in game four, 13 in game five. I don't know what he did in game six. Uh, the steroid shot, uh, had it drained. Something may have come about that in game six. That was a LeBron game six about 10 years ago. Uh, one of the a career that was one of the greatest games in NBA history yeah. for individual player being compared to LeBron. And I remember that LeBron game when the Heat's back were against the wall. How ironic it was the Heat game six, and that was also at Boston. I think Butler will probably run out of gas, but hey, when he got 79%, I don't know if Hero's going to play, I don't think he will, but it does help the home team. Uh, your role players typically play better. I think Boston pulls off the inedible, knocks them off, and looks like Golden State's just sitting there rested, chomping at the bit for whoever wins these series. Is it? Well, let's follow up with that, Robert. Yeah. Is it the Warriors' year? I mean, is this another another uh, year for the Warriors? They're firing on all cylinders. They're favorites. Jim thinks defense wins championships. So do I. I think I think the Celtics or Miami could beat or should beat the Warriors, but, man, the Warriors look really good. Yeah. Well, the, their interior defense is underrated, the Warriors team. Uh, guys like Kevin Looney, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, the big they have that's somewhat big. They don't really have a true big, but. Porter. Uh, Porter uh, yeah, there was another one, too. 
Well, James Wiseman is out, but when he not, does, not Wiseman, yeah, yeah, I think. Well, Wiggins, yeah, they're just playing Wiggins good interior defense. Can you I say something guys, remind me of guys? The, there's the a Lakers. subplot to the Warrior when they're in the finals this year. Big subplot with Stephen Curry. He hasn't gotten a finals MVP. Now, to me, that's completely overrated. As long as your team wins and you contribute, and I got the feeling the two years Durant won it, Curry kind of deferred to him. Curry played like he didn't care whether he was the MVP. He just wanted to win. I think it meant more to Durant to get those individual honors than it did to Steph Curry, who's the ultimate team player. But Curry, if he doesn't have a finals MVP during his career, people are going to hold it against him. As crazy as it sounds, when they talk about the all-time greats, they'll say, well, Curry never won a finals MVP in all the years the Warriors won the title. So I think it's important for Curry's legacy, if the Warriors win it this year, that he also needs to win the MVP. They can't just win a championship. I think it's in the back of his mind, guys. I know he's an unselfish player. It's kind of like Walter Payton getting that touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, even though they're winning uh, 100 to no, was it 47 or something points. I do believe that that is in the back of his mind because a lot of people like myself, I, I see flaws in his game. He's not a great defender. Uh, oh, well, wait, they said him. he was a great defender. No, no, no. Go ahead, Jim. He's probably the biggest yeah. liability defensively, Jim. <laughs> as much well, as I like the guy. So, so, so Pickles. Jordan Pools. Pickles is right. Yeah, Jordan Pools, the other guy. They, they yeah, remind Jordan me Poole. of that Laker team. Uh, it's hard to get a good shot against this uh, Warriors team. Their defense has been uh, overlooked because they they shoot the three ball so well. Their passing ability, team IQ. I will say one thing, though. This Miami team and this Boston team, they do have youth on their side. Because of the big three, all these guys are in their mid-30s. Yes. Uh, as far as the core is concerned for, for, for Golden State. It's going to be an well, interesting final. I don't think it's going to be a sweep or anything. Listen, Golden State's doing a tremendous job bigger than young players, though. I mean, you yeah. think about you think about uh, you think about you know they got their 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 three or four guys, but man, I mean that is one smart organization. That's yes, one it is. That's scouting. That's yeah. what we yeah. earlier. But also, you got to look at too is is that can they keep those players because of that core? Yeah. They don't want to break up that core. They, that's going to be hard to keep. Well, do you, do you yeah. think? Do you think, Robert, that maybe uh, within the next couple of years, maybe they have to get rid of a Draymond Green or 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 or, 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 or a Thompson uh, to to keep these young players there? Or, I mean, you got you got to pay, right? You're going to have to pay somebody something. Yeah, I think eventually they'll. This is probably their last run, and contrary of what others may say. But it, this is a miracle they got this far with the injuries of Clay Thompson. And, 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 you know, Steph Curry was injured this year. That's why they yeah. dropped down. They were the one seed for a long time. Uh, but you know something a lot of people say, well, you can't emulate that. You can emulate a culture if you're patient as an organization. I think you can emulate that uh, culture. A lot of their players played. I want to say they played more than one year. Most of those guys graduated college. Uh, uh, Draymond Green was a second round pick, guys. Yeah, you can emulate a culture, 
uh, like that they have. If you play the long game, uh, I, I think more teams need to look at this. Look at the Spurs during their run. They had a culture. Uh, I know you need one star to buy in, but I just don't see why other teams don't look at this and run with it. Just don't emulate the three ball like Houston tried to and everybody else. Emulate the entire culture, and and, uh, and you, you'll watch more teams become uh, more successful. No, yeah. Wiggins is emerging as a star. People forget when he came out of college as the top draft pick. LeBron yeah. didn't want him to go to the Cavaliers. So he was behind the Cavaliers trading him to the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah. to get, yeah. But that's uh, and, and also you got to give uh, Steve Kerr credit. I mean, yeah. he's a tremendous coach. And obviously with their drafting and their scouting on these players, because Wiggins was considered a bust. The yeah, Kevin so Love, that's the name. I don't know why the name Carlos is. right, he was. So, Love I mean, this just, just, yeah. just great, great organization over there. I mean, you know, you're out for a year or two, you're back in it again. Wow. I mean, uh, that that doesn't happen too much. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, uh, can't uh, Darvis Ham. Sorry. Yeah. You know, he's hired by the Lakers, and first first time head coach. I mean, he's had a lot of experience as an assistant um, yeah. on, on a lot of teams, a lot of winning teams. Do you think this is a type of person the Lakers have that can handle not only, you know, superstars, but a front office that seems like it's all messed up, Robert? Well, I, I don't I don't blame uh, Darwin uh, for taking the job. He, he's been an assistant for about 10 years. He, he did. He was an assistant with the Lakers for two years. He's familiar with the building where the locker room is. Uh, I don't blame him what any little bit, no matter what happens. He's going to have a built-in excuse. This is the oldest team in the NBA, guys, on an average uh, age uh, as it is today. Now, I know they can make some moves in the summertime. They may deal Westbrook. But uh, hadn't you noticed how far the Lakers' job has dropped? Uh, Juwan Howard uh, has has some an incident in Michigan. He's like, I don't need – taking a chance on getting fired from Michigan – I don't even want to interview for the Lakers job. Boys coaching his sons at Michigan. Yeah, How many people sons, are going to not want to coach their sons leave yeah. that job to take true. another one? Lakers true, are right? a dream job, guys. He could no, but uh, he should leave his sons at Michigan. Say bye, guy, bye, kids. I'm going out to LA. Have fun. And that would be tough. Fun. That would be his tough. His son is a that big would, boy. He can handle it. That would be tough. Maybe I, Jim would, would do that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Jack makes a good point there. I have that would be tough. That would be tough. It's a toxic job, guys. Doc Rivers turned it down. Uh, Jay Wright wouldn't even mention. Doc wasn't the way. You sure Doc was offered that job? There was rumblings about it, guys. There were rumblings. Yeah, they did turn it down on the smoke. There's usually fire, right? Yeah. So, I mean, listen. Good luck to him. I mean, that is. I mean, (laughs) that job there. I don't. You know. You got to remember, Ham won a—I mean—a NBA championship at Detroit. Yep. Yes, yes, in two thousand four. Personalities that were on that team—the Mahomes and the, mm. I mean those Rasheed guys. Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, Rasheed Wallace, guys like that. Yeah. He's used to deal with person, and he did help Giannis. He yeah. did. They said that he was the the guy in the background that helped Giannis become the player that he is today. And like you said, well, you got to have a young player to do that, obviously. Yeah. But, but he, so, he's got a job ahead of him. 
Well, was, uh, yeah, it's for sure. I mean, and I, he's not I, too I, young. He's forty-eight. I mean, you yeah, know, it's not like it's not like it's not like he's thirty. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> the league is making a big deal. Uh, I shouldn't say the league. The, the the big networks and Jim, you know, he was playing football and coaching about voluntary OTAs, right? We know Rodgers yeah. isn't gonna. Uh, right now, Lamar Jackson's not in. Kyle Murray's not in. I mean, there's some quarterbacks that are not going for the volunteer. And of course they have contracts too. So that, you know, yeah. that, that makes questions revolve around that. Is it a big deal, Robert? I mean, for them to come in and report to the voluntary OTAs or are they making too much of a, big deal? um, I understand Kyle Murray's situation. That may be a possible holdout there, but you know, Aaron Rodgers losing two of your top three wide receivers, at least come in and get a little work in with the, uh, with, with the rookie and, and, and your new staff there, uh, your second-year player, Mari Rogers. Now, I don't know if he has set up something. I know Brady's got something set up where you get to work with guys uh, outside of those volunteer OTAs. I say he, he set up something with the Yankees spring uh, where they play their spring games at. Uh, working out individual, a lot of the quarterbacks do that. But if you're guys like Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, especially Lamar with his mechanical issues, Hollywood Brown is traded over. Marquise Brown was traded to Arizona. Uh, I would be there. I, I would be there. I know Rod, Rod Brady only missed it one time. It's an unwritten rule, Jack. You're shaking your head. You know, Ryan Rodgers has won the MVP two years in a row. He showed up late to class last year, real late. And it didn't affect him at all. Rogers is asleep. He doesn't need to work the same way. No, I mean, and I'm I'm listening to everything you guys are saying, and all of you are right. But what is voluntary? What is voluntary? I agree, Jim. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, won his third Super Bowl in a row, so he doesn't have to show up at all. (laughs) (laughs) Special teams that need. Uh, yeah, I know that. And that nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers not leading a team to another touchdown. I know, I know, Jack. I know. But um, so anyway, uh, you know, we're gonna get to OTAs later with Jim because I want to get all his thoughts on it because I know me and him are agreeing on a lot of stuff there, and I love it when people agree with me. But Robert, <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about something that has nothing to do with what we normally talk about, right? Yeah. So Colin McGregor, yeah. uh you know, probably the most popular, I, I could say and argue this, that he's one of the most popular uh, athletes in the world. I mean, he taught, you say Colin McGregor, everybody knows who he is, right? Yeah. And then he's going to make another comeback. He's lost, mm-hmm. He lost three out of his last four before yeah. he got hurt. And uh, he thinks he's going to be, you know, ready to rock again. Is Colin, should, I, I shouldn't say should he, is Colin McGregor all done? Are we done hearing about Colin McGregor, Robert? Is this a... Uh, Check this out, guys. Colin McGregor made $52 million in purse money last year. He won one. He lost one. Uh, $30 million in the win in that purse. Floyd Mayweather once said the MMA fighters, uh, that 100000 they make, he said that's sneaker money, okay? That is sneaker money. So that tells you how far MMA has came over the past 10, 12 years. Where you're making a hundred thousand dollars to your top now, some of your lower end guys are still making twenty, thirty thousand, much, much lower. But you're Conor McGregor. You got to be. It, guys like Dana White, they are really excited to see this guy get his butt kicked because he runs his mouth a lot and he's he's a showboat. 
Uh, people like to see him get beat, I think. <laughs> so it's he, he's good for entertainment purposes, if, if you ask. You know what was interesting, guys? You mentioned Floyd Mayweather's name quickly. Last yeah. night, there was a big show at the Barclays Center. I was there ring, ringside. It was the first time the Barclays Center ever sold out. And Floyd Mayweather's group, Mayweather Promotions, promoted it. And their fighter, Giovanta Davis, that was his last fight on the contract to Mayweather's company. Floyd wasn't in, in attendance. Mm -hmm. I mean, his, his people in his promotional group were there working. But where was Floyd? You, you'd think he'd want to hold on to Davis bad enough, who's been with Floyd for his whole career. But now Davis says he might want to look elsewhere. It was very revealing Floyd Mayweather not even being there. It might be some things in the background, and you would know better than I yeah. do. But yeah, so some stuff um, is going. On. Maybe somebody's offering him more money. Well, I, I, I would imagine McGregor is not as big. His promotions aren't as big as a few of the other ones, anyway. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Davis feels he could get, you know, more fights and better fights. I don't know, but um, anyway, Robert. I figured I'd throw that at you because we never talk <laughs> about the MMA, right? I mean, once yeah. in a while, it's the million dollar walk. Yes, yes, yes. People like the sideshow, you know. Yes, exactly right. And he's the, those are guys you love to hate McGregor and, and, and Mayweather. Uh, even though I, I, I respect Mayweather, uh, his his style now. I, I've grown to like him over the years. But yeah. a lot of boxing is entertainment, guys. I mean, just like sports. Well, all sports are entertainment. Yeah, it is. It's entertainment. We look forward to it. I'm going to tell you something. It might be a little controversial, this remark. But for young people, young people, they're going along ethnic lines according to the sport. The young white fan is geared towards the UFC. The young black fan is geared towards boxing. I've kind of noticed that switch just talking to young people in general in the crowds. I mean, I don't understand the cultural thing behind it, but maybe it's the personalities of the athletes. Yeah. Well, I, like boxing I would agree better, with but... that, but look at Chandler Jones, brother. Before he got in, obviously in trouble, he was the greatest, one of the greatest UFC fighters in the world. And I didn't know that was Chandler. You talking about John Jones? Yeah, that's Chandler yeah. Jones. Well, I'm talking about fans. Oh, I'm talking about fans following it, young people. Young I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, well, listen, listen. It's it's always there's always something out there when it comes to social media right i mean we all have our preferences watching different medias too i'm not a biggest social media fan i have to watch a little bit of it because i have to prepare for the shows that i do but i'd rather watch a real boxing uh match a a, a real football show a real football game a real basketball game uh robert is in that's why i have robert in because robert enlightens me because I, you know, to me, I, I really don't – I care about the sports more than I care about the entertainers and the players in the sports because I love sports, period. But I got to admit, if you want you want to get people watching th something, you've got to entertain them too. So, um, yeah. Robert, again, thank you for coming in. I know you got to go to church to cleanse your soul. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll listen, all these hot takes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you got to cool that a little bit. Throw a little, <laughs> little water at it. So, Robert Butler with Sportscope with a K, folks. Uh, he's on. He's on the uh, Roku channel with Northeast Streaming Sports. Has a great site on Twitter, Instagram, and he has his own 
uh, his own th- his own thing on social media, his own show on Facebook. And I love having him on every chance I get. Robert, again, thank you for coming in, my friend. Have a good show, guys. You too. All right, Robert. There you go. So there you go, folks. Robert Butler. Like I said, I love having that guy. And that guy, uh, he studies. He don't mess around. That's a true professional there. You know, yes. we kind of wing it a little bit here and there. We know what we're talking about somewhat. But that guy will be go back to 2012 and find out what the hell happened to Lakers back then. So that's pretty good. Folks, we're going to take – our first break for the uh, for the show here. Um, we'll be back on the other side with the Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags, and I'm gonna try and get him a little excited uh, during the show, like I like to do. So we'll be right back after these messages. And Jim said, "I ain't waiting for nothing, man. I'm hungry. I'm out of here for a second. Yeah, yeah Jim's no joke. I was going to get water. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Jim, don't worry about it. Yeah, as soon as the team meeting ended, Jim would be out of there. Yeah, Jim, he would always run out. <laughs> you worked too hard. You ate too much. The cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Most Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Those speedy bubbles relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. Now you know the best bananas in the land. So don't slip up with an inferior brand. When it says cheeky, it's a very good day to buy bananas. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. When the job is done, this guy will be ready to dig into something mighty good to eat. How do you handle a hungry man? The man handles. 
one of the handlers is Campbell's vegetable beef. Gets a man-sized supper off to a good hot start. Mmm, good. The main handler will hear you every single time. How do we get killed? Yeah, well, Carl's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Carl's mother kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone. Can't hear Mac. Welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports. There we go. Here's here my water. <laughs> you got your water, okay? So anyway, we're back here. Uh, it was we're here every Sunday, eight to ten a.m. here, the Mac, Jack, and Jim. This week in sports, and folks, uh, we've been giving you our updates all show. We're live on Roku TV, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook right now. And uh, next up, folks, we got. One of my favorite guests, of course, he's one of my favorite friends off the air, too, um, the Philly sports guy himself, uh, Jamie Pags. So, folks, let's bring up Jamie Pags, the Philly sports guy, and see what he's got to say about some Philly sports and some other things I want to talk to him about. Good morning, Pag. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Pag? <laughs> Say again? I said, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'd be a lot better if, if the Phillies could score some runs and, and actually play a little bit better. And just it was, you know, I was I, I got back from New York late last night. Did you so really? I'm was not moving. Good? I'm not moving at full speed just yet. It wasn't it wasn't. How did you get back, Pax? I, I finally jumped in the shower about a quarter to two in the morning. I beat you. I got back past two in the morning for a local fight. That's how late boxing ends. I wonder how Joe Willie Namath used to do it. He used to be out till all hours, and then Joe Namath would show up, you know, and play. Hey, yeah, you know, and, and, and that would be awesome. And back when I was, you know, Joe Namath's age, when he was doing that, I would definitely – I'm a burn-the-candle-at-both-ends type of guy, so it's hard for me to get some sleep in the first place. So when I finally went to sleep at around 3 o'clock, because, of course, after you get out of the shower, you're up for a little bit. So I, I watched the, uh, you know – 
that a, a Netflix movie, Molly's Game. And I don't know. That's the story of Molly Bloom, Jeremy Bloom's sister who ran poker. She was the uh, the poker princess. Good movie. Yeah, and, and, that, and that was great to add to the show, too, Pags. I appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about the Phillies. Uh, you know, the Phillies, in the th- it was the third and fourth inning or the fourth and fifth inning, they get six runs scored on them. I think, uh, they, I mean, is it is it not pulling the pitcher out in time? I mean, after, the, after they scored three runs on you in the, that one inning, wouldn't it be a good idea to pull the pitcher out and and try to put another pitcher in there and not go another inning with a with a pitcher that gave up three runs? So that movie was really great. I tell you, it, it's it's frustrating. I, I once they once they scored the three runs, yeah, they they actually took the lead, you know, in the top of in the top of the fourth, scoring two runs. And they had the potential of scoring more, and and they didn't do it. And all right, okay, you get it, whatever, you know. And, but you got the lead, and then they give up three runs. I I don't think that he needed to pull him. He still was on a low pitch count, scoring three runs in the following inning. Was like, all right, I guess I guess he just doesn't care anymore. You know what I mean? That he's just going to leave him out there and not work the relievers because he already knows what the bullpen's like. I mean, I, and I'm I'm trying to read into, you know, what is going through his head at this point. Well, well you mentioned low pitch counts. If my starting pitcher gives up five, four or five runs in the first inning, he's only pitched ten pitches. I'm pulling him, right? I mean, that's that makes sense. So, well, I he mean, gave up. He gave up four runs. He, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that the one pitch that went out, you know, the two men on, he had a three three run home run in the middle of a torrential rainstorm. Right. You know, so the it was a good pitch that the that the hitter hit that hit it out. I, I mean, it was you couldn't really fault the pitcher for that home run. I mean, like I said, it, he hit it pretty well. Uh, that being said, uh, all right. So you give that one up. Then you get the three runs the following inning. I'm like, okay. And then again, he brought him back in for the sixth inning after that. Yep. So yep. I, I mean. Is there just is, no option? This is just another example of how I think Joe is just not, doesn't care anymore. Is, is there just no other options there in, as far as the pitching goes in, in Philadelphia? Is, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Yes, that is correct. There isn't anybody else. You know, you know I read somewhere, Pags, I may have been mistaken. I thought Joe Girardi had two more years on his contract after this one. I read – this morning that this is the final year of his contract. I don't know which is accurate and which isn't, but I was on no, the no, I think he's got two a couple years of more years left. left. That's otherwise yeah. He isn't yeah, late. he's in the third year of his fifth of a five year contract. Okay. So yeah, so that's the reason it's harder to move on from Girardi for the Philadelphia organization. They don't want to pay someone for not working. You know, I, I don't know that you can deal with that. You like I said, you're spending close to $250 million on a payroll and you're worrying about five, you know, that's, that, that's poor. Uh, that's poor management by the executives of the Phillies. If that's the case, Yeah, I feel that they probably still have some trust in him and that's why, you know, but you know, and I tell you, it's been in my head since a couple days ago when we brought in the guy who, 
you know, talked about Pete and Cavillia. And I tell you, I got Pete and Cavillia in my head now. Eric Bellier, yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, I, I, I want him to reach out. And then, of course, I heard another ex-Philly, you know, name come up, Raul Abanez. Mm. And I, you know, he would check off a he would check off a lot of boxes, and I think that he, yeah. I, I, at this point, I'm willing to try anything. I'm really willing to try anything, Jack. I, I'd be willing to so even if you try had to do a it. Choice, if you had a choice, you can all one of the these two guys you have to sign have for the next five years. You could keep one and one you get rid of immediately. Doc Rivers or Joe Girardi, which one you keep the next five years? Wow. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Wow. You have I'm not to. Either. I'm not. No. 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 I don't have, have to make choice, that decision. Max, I, uh, I don't you. have to make that decision. Yeah, but you know um, I mean? we're asking you. I mean, you can only keep one. You could fire immediately, but the other you have to keep for five years. I don't make Max the decision. I, I don't make the decision. I keep them both for two and a half years and just you know, and, and not watch that's baseball that. and basketball that's anymore. That. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> well, 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 Pickles. Pickles says goodbye. Doc. Pickles says, making a decision. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, Pickles. So, yeah, but you know what? I, so Joe Girardi gets a lot of gets a lot of praise on this on, on this channel. You know, specifically from you, Jack and, and and Mac, because he did win a World Series with. I listen. I said that. I, listen, don't bring me into. But this. he had a losing record with the Marlins. He stunk with the Marlins. He, he was manager the of the year when he was with the Marlins. He was National League manager of the year his last. Yeah, year. in a year where no, where everybody stunk, I guess. So <laughs> it's. I mean, I mean, I I don't know where he gets all of this praise from. I, I'm willing to move on from here. Let me ask you this question. Is it Girardi or the administration at the Phillies? Well, it's, it's the administration that's making the decision to keep them on. Yeah, I think that there is enough outcry now uh, amongst. I mean, I'm talking, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm in New York, obviously, and the New York fans took to me really well. I was surprised that, that they took to me as well as they did. It's a lot easier to take to me, I guess, when you're leading on the scoreboard. So it's, yes, yes. Um, but I happened to run into a Phillies fan from Connecticut. And uh, he was saying that, you know, he just, he doesn't understand why Joe is still here. What is, is it all a money thing? Is it because the Phillies are choosing to not have to pay two managers for a certain amount of time because you know the one manager is not doing his job properly uh, you could tell that he is just not interested and the team is starting to take on that emotion that they just aren't interested and it's frustrating it's it's beyond frustrating i mean just to, that game yesterday there was no fight in this team whatsoever and of course, it didn't help that the entire time that it poured, that the Phillies were out in the field. You know that they just could not seem to get an out. And, and like, even if the, you know, I, I felt like then that was the turning point of the game. That you're stuck out there in the rain. It it rains for 17 minutes. The Phillies were out there in the field for 19 minutes during that entire rain. You know, so and now. You know, and I'm thinking about this. Just, I'm thinking of just the basics of all this. You know, your now your jersey is wet the entire game because it doesn't dry. 
You know what I mean? You're stuck now with a, a damp, wet jersey. How much are you going to want to play? Because you got five more innings to go. They can't well, change between innings. They've got to have. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. They don't have no. They don't have no locker room where they can change. Uh, I, I'm sure they can, this but this game the is still going on. Max, it's the major <laughs> leagues. They probably have a couple of extra jerseys around. <laughs> yeah, I would think. Maybe, I would, maybe, but maybe I they don't. Think, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they were wearing the grays. I mean, right. I, you, you know, I talk about this, and like, you're, you're, you're talking to me like I, I, I'm like an idiot or something, but that's not the case. I don't. I didn't see anybody going back. I was there pretty close. I didn't see anybody going back and changing. You Jim, know what I mean? I don't think you think stoked. about it that way. Jim, you must have gotten soaked when you played at a certain point. How many extra jerseys were there for making a quick equipment change? Football players don't care. Half care. Time. Like, that's different. No. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, they it's like a little different than baseball. Yes, so, but, I but the that. baseball players do it. They gotta have extra because of rips. I would something happened, obviously. I would think, but who knows? Yeah. So, Pax, let's talk about something a little bit more happy. Let's go to your Eagles for a minute, right? So, the Eagles hire a new front office guy from the uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let me see if I can get his name for you real quick here. Uh, Brandon Hunt. Brandon Hunt also worked with the Buffalo Bills. And it seems like the Eagles are not only building, you know, their their team, their offense, their defense. They're starting to put it together an unbelievable front office too. I mean, the Eagles are on fire right now. That's, I mean, that's the only way that you can do it. You know, it, beyond what's on the field, you have to start setting the example from the very top down. You, if you want to be a winner, you have to have winners throughout the entire organization. You can't just wing it, you know, and say, oh, well, we, you know, I, I think that we can make this happen by doing this and doing this and doing this. I'm a firm believer that you need people with rings to realize and understand and help the people that don't have those rings get them. Because sometimes it takes uh, an intangible that you don't know that, and because you don't know what you don't know, you, you don't get over that hump. You know, I, I'd be interested when the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl, when you were on gym. Now, now obviously, that was their third Super Bowl and such like that. What players were really integral in helping you get over that hump of just being in the playoffs and not getting to the Super Bowl and like then making the making that final step to say, okay, this is a Super Bowl. Yeah, we're going to win this game. And does that were there certain players that had been there and had that championship already and knew the mentality and knew what it took to get there? Or was it all just a bunch of people who didn't have it and well, they all worked together? The coach won a national championship. Jimmy Johnson won a national championship. So he understood what it took to win a national championship. Obviously, Charles Haley was the only player that had won a Super Bowl in that group. But you had the Irvins, you had the Aikmans. Uh, Irvin won a national championship in, high, in college. Uh, Aikman obviously didn't at UCLA or Emmett Smith. But uh, it's the coach. The coach had won national, and that's to me that's difficult. Yeah, to win yeah, yeah, but Jim, college, college, and, and NFL sometimes don't translate. We know that they so don't. I mean, but this was an interesting thing. Uh, Jimmy learned how to coach in the NFL, and he had enough time. A lot of coaches don't have enough time 
to learn how to coach the NFL. Very and true. that's very true. Saying. But Charles Haley did have he had won uh, two Super Bowls at San Francisco. Francisco. So yeah. he understood when we got to the playoffs and what we needed to do to be successful. But Jimmy was the the driving force behind it. Trust but, me. So- but, but, but Jim, could you imagine what Pax would have been saying at that time if he were the Dallas fan instead of the Philly fan? Jimmy Johnson gets off to one and fifteen start, and then oh, yeah. the next season, you guys were seven and nine, but you closed strongly at the end. But could you imagine what Pax would have been saying for a year and a half? They dig this guy out of college because he's Jerry Jones's buddy. Get rid of Jimmy Johnson. What a disaster! I'm sure it was a different time and era because you look at we always talk about coaches that have been successful with Belichick's. Belichick wasn't very successful at Cleveland, correct? And he yeah, one, 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 he had one, one out of five, he went to the playoffs. Yeah, but the thing is, is that they gave him more time. They don't give you any time today. I mean, no. it's either win now or you're not going to be there very long. Yeah, if you're there two, if, if you're there two, three years, you're lucky. Pax, yes. a nice article about your new big man in the middle. Um, they wrote up in, in the Philly paper. Um, you know, when you get somebody like a Jordan Davis, it not only affects, and Jim knows this well, so do I. It affects the whole team because when you got somebody that can take up a few blockers or a, a double team, it helps the outside pass rush. It helps protect the linebackers. And if he can get pressure up the middle, I mean, that helps the sacks too. So, I mean, a nice article about Jordan Davis. I think that this is, this is, there's not enough, there's not enough credit given to the big men in the middle, the Wolf Works and, you know, the, uh, you know, these big men that, that anchor the middle that, that do more than what people see. They may not get the sacks. They may not even get in the tackles. But if it ain't for those big guys, a lot of people aren't making a lot of plays. I agree. You know, and now I I think that this is going to take up some of the pressure off of Fletcher Cox. I wouldn't be surprised if Fletcher Cox has a much better season this year because of Jordan Davis being there. Uh, obviously, when you have, you know, Fletcher Cox has been getting the crux of the double teams. And uh, although he's like, you know, a year older, I feel like that he's been having a harder time getting off of those blocks uh, where, and they haven't had somebody next to him who's been able to garner that same attention. Now they do have somebody who's going to garner that attention. And ultimately, if you're going to double team both of those guys, there ain't enough guys on the line. Is it this his final year, Fletcher Cox, kind of like his retirement tour year? Well, I can't say that he's going to retire this year. You know that. You know, I guess he's got a one-year contract. Yeah, slow down a little, though. You have to acknowledge that. Uh, oh, absolutely. He is not. He is not the force that he was four years ago. And but that's what I'm saying. I, I he's still a big guy. He's still somebody who is. You know, he's a veteran in this NFL, and now he's got a rookie next to him who's got that same size, who's going to be able to have garner that same attention. And like I said, you can't double team both of them. So he might be able to, to get a little bit more pressure. He may be able to actually start to do things and look a little bit more like Fletcher Cox of old. Now, 
can I guarantee that? No, because he's got to do it on the field. But yeah. obviously, you know, if if you have if you have three guys specifically trying to handle those two guys, I mean, the weight that you have behind you, I mean, it's it, it, you're talking about nine hundred pounds to seven hundred pounds. You know, it's that's that's fairly close, and it's three against two. I I still would take the two. And I think that it's I think that our defense is going to get a tremendous amount more sacks because of it. The run game, the running defense has always been pretty good with the Eagles. So I feel like that that just is going to improve slightly. But I feel that they are going to get more sacks this year because they just have not been getting any pressure on the quarterback. And I feel that it all starts there. Get pressure on the quarterback. That means the quarterback's got to make faster decisions. That means you're going to get more interceptions. And I feel that now that they've got their cornerbacks kind of set now with Slay and Bradbury, that the giving that taking that half a second away or that second away from these quarterbacks is going to pay dividends in interceptions. And I think that that's where they went. I still it's still part of the, you know, the three yards off the ball is where you win the championships. But it all has got to start there. You got to you got to get the pressure, and once you get the pressure, the quarterbacks are going to eventually going to make poor decisions. Let me you ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What uh, pick was Jordan Davis? Uh, he was the fifteenth pick. So you're telling me that this guy is the end all. Of, what pick was Aaron Donald? He was the top five pick, correct? Maybe. I, I don't and know. I, I agree with the interior, what Max said about the interior, but you're telling me this kid ran a 479 at 340 pounds, and he's just going to explode in the league. And he's going to be the best player in the interior. No, in the no. I, I think that, I said, I think that he's that's going to change take. the whole parameters of it. I think that it's going to change because he's next to Fletcher Cox. And when they're still going to double Cox, trust me. They're going. This kid is going to have to do it. He's hey, hey, he, that is absolutely correct. He's got to play the game. He He's got to play the game. He is still a rookie, and he came from a great program in Georgia, and he has talent, but he's still got to do it. He's still got to do it, and one hundred percent used to the NFL. Yeah, one hundred percent. I absolutely one hundred percent agree. Yeah, you know, and that's where that's where the you know the guy behind him, you know, Nakobe Dean, is going to also play a really big part. You would because think now I feel for the first time think. for the first time we have an actual somebody who I believe is going to be a middle linebacker here for a long time. Now, obviously, injuries aside, I mean, he was always. He, you know, that's that's the MO on this guy is that he's hurt all the time. Didn't miss any games with Georgia and played hurt all the time, but yeah. he was hurt all the time yeah. and was the captain of that defense. And then when when I met the two of them, I because like I said, I did the run and I, I met the two of them. You could tell that Dean, even even in the relationship between the two of them, and I only met them for a few seconds, that Davis look to Dean, you know, you know, that uh, you just, just in, in how to be and how to, is and you know, I feel like that that type of leadership is really important. It's just really important. And I, I felt that 
there were holes in the defense last year that there were leadership holes in the defense last year. You know, it's like Fletcher Cox, I think, has been the leader of this defense, you know, and Slay came back a little bit to, to take some of that away. But ultimately, Fletcher Cox can only be a leader. He can only be vocal. He wasn't doing the things he used to do. And I feel like that you have to lead by example to a certain extent. I'm thinking and I'm hoping that N'Kobe Dean becomes that leader. I'd like for him to be like like Trotter was, like you know, like Erlocker was for the Bears. You know, that's kind of what I want from my middle linebacker. Let me let me ask you: this. hasn't been a greater leader, let's say, than a JJ Watt when he was with the Texans at his peak, and when Clowney went to Houston. You thought, well, he, Clowney had all the talent in the world, the number one overall pick under the leadership of J.J. Watt. They, they were going to be a force for years to come. And it didn't quite work out. Now Clowney just signed with Cleveland. And, you know, and it's a career that's been somewhat disappointing. I mean, I think the player himself has to have that intestinal fortitude. I think a leader could just to keep a guy in line, basically. But if the guy doesn't have... It inside himself, no leader is going to make him much better. He'll just keep him in line. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree. Like when you talk about Clowney, you know, it, somebody with all of that talent, but I feel, you know, the best word that I can explain for Clowney is lazy. Took plays off. Didn't go up to his potential. You know, if he brought it every play of every game, he could very well have been a Hall of Famer. I don't know as lazy the word. I don't think he wanted to be great bad enough. That's what I think it is. Okay. I can agree I, with that. But his physical abilities scream certain things, but his play didn't, if that makes sense. Because yeah, there's I mean, a lot. That's what, I guess that's what I'm getting to the point with Jordan Davis. Physically, he is phenomenal. But is he mentally ready for this? That's what, that's that's what, what we got that, and that's what we got to find out. But guess what? I mean, I would, I would, I would, if I had a shot, I would pick up somebody like that in a minute. Because if he does, yeah, but if you know, I think it was Pickles who put up there, Alvin Hainsworth. If he, all right. the physical ability in the world. And you've seen it time and time again with players who have the great physical ability. I'm not saying this is Jordan Davis. That's not what right. I'm saying. Right, right. But they don't have that mentality. Because Aaron Donald, physically, he wasn't anything like this Jordan Davis. Physically, he was a great player, and he had great attributes, but he had also great work habits, and he right. wanted to be the best. And that's all I'm saying. So and it's hard for that transition for rookies in the NFL. That is the most difficult thing. At the positions where they're getting hit more, there's very well, few. I I think listen, I, I think I think we could all agree that football is a game of will and want and mm -hmm. and to 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 be the best at what you do technique wise study wise and and those are the players to me even if they're not the best phys physical specimens in the world and if they are uh, now you got something really special but that's yeah. what that's what football is about right Jim? But, yeah you've got exactly You've got to beat your man or your double team with what you know and what you study. Go ahead, Jeff. All I was going to say is you look at Cooper Cup. He might be arguably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But physically, you wouldn't say that if you put him in 
races with some of these guys. He would never win, but he knows the game. Tom Brady, we always talk about where Tom Brady was drafted at. But what does he do well? He understands the game. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the top guy. Mahomes was a different guy, but still, Brady's won more Super Bowls than anybody, any team in NFL history. So you got to look at what they do and how they approach the game and how they mature. And, and, and of course, that goes with what team you're on, right? Plays right time. There's a whole bunch, whole bunch of things that go. No question. So, Pags, Pags is always busy. The Philly sports guy's following the Philly sports teams around. He's at weddings. He's he's doing uh, things off. He's setting up wrestling competitions. He's doing charity events. So, look for him at his TikTok page where he has over 100,000 followers, Instagram. Hey, he's all over the place. So, follow the Philly sports guy. He's also an important part of the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. Pags, as always, thanks for filling in for me, and thanks for appearing on the show, Pags. It's good to see you back on the show. I, you know, I, I, those are really big shoes for me to fill, and, I, you know, I feel like I had small feet. <laughs> well, yes, right. I, listen, Pags, thanks for letting me talk a little more than Mac. You didn't cut me off as much as Mac normally does. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I just didn't have that clout. When I, the moment yeah. that I get put into a Hall of Fame, any Hall of Fame, yeah, then exactly. then, I, then I'll start talking. But until that point, I'm going to let you do your thing. Let, until until you start until you start ragging on me about my flyers, and then I yeah. then I'm well, more interesting up. than that was that Jack lets you talk without interrupting you. And I watched every show, and Jack just sat there with a smile on his face and waited till you got done. But, of course, that's not what me and Jack did. Have a great day. Uh, All right, guys. Have a great one. Always good seeing you, Pags. Always. Always great seeing you, Pags. So, Philly sports guy, Pags, always uh, a pleasure having him on. Folks, we're going to take our last break, and then me, Jack and Jim give you our thoughts on some of the biggest stories, maybe some of the things we even already covered, because, listen, they're our guests. We run this thing. So we'll be right back after these messages. Let's see if I can hold Jim for one second here. Let's see, Jim, just just one second. I'll find as I promise. All right. I'm, a- I'm Hold on. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Oh, Lord. I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido like me. You do? Then you must sing the bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Fritos corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito bandido. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito bandido. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito Bandidos too. You sing the Frito Bandito song and you look for crunchy Fritos corn chips. That's nice. Munch, munch, munchy, munchy Fritos corn chips. If you talk, your name will hear you every single time. Now we get killed. Yeah, well, Carl's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle's mother kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt 
that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it this age, so. I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I mean, you can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Riders while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the Fireman's Chili Cook-Off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. back to the Mac Jack and Jim this week in sports. Thank you for tuning in. Got a lot of views, a lot of comments today. Uh, we're live on Roku TV, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook right now. We'll be live on other platforms later on. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack Hirsch, our historian, and Jim Jeffcoat, the legend on our show. So, no, Jim, so I can I just say, with the way Jim left early before, as soon as we had a little timeout, I think that, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, there's such a paranoia. Take an NFL meeting. A star player like yourself can do that the second the meeting ends. But some coaches might notice the second the meeting ends, a guy who's a fringe player, if he cuts out immediately, they got to be conscious of the way they act every second yeah. around the coaches. Am I correct? That is true. That is true. But you are you going to get reprimanded if you leave the meeting early. Right. And most of the time, you wouldn't. You look well, not at early. The, the second the meeting ends, coaches don't like you shooting out of there. They don't like that body language. I, they don't really. I don't yeah. think that that's really a big deal, because you might have something to do, or you might be going out there. You might have to go to the restroom. As simple as that. So yeah. you never know why they're leaving as soon as the meeting's cutting out. And a lot of times, the guys would come back. So Pickles wants to know if we're gonna visit. Tennessee to watch the Giants play the Titans. Well, first of all, I know Jack won't. Jack don't care if the Giants beat the Titans or not. I don't I don't think Jim really does either anymore. He might. I mean, he might still have some heartstrings tugging for the Giants. <laughs> Me, 
me, uh, Pickles, I'm not a big traveler right now, but I plan on increasing my traveling. But hey, if you could put me up and get me a ticket, I might come out there. I mean, we'll sit, we'll sit together and I'll rub it in as the Giants score about three touchdowns in the second quarter and beat the Titans up. That would be fun. So if you're willing to do that, I might come out and see you. So, you know, I'm messing with you, Pickles. So anyway, uh, Jim, like I said, I love having you on the show because of your, I mean, listen, you were played at the highest level. You coached at one of the highest levels. In fact, the highest level, not as a head coach, but you did coach at the highest level on the Cowboys. And, and you know, it's interesting to me how much football has changed, um, you know, as far as voluntary OTAs. I want to get back to that. And back then, they, they called them voluntary OTAs also, but it really wasn't a voluntary OTA. I would imagine the coaches expected you to be there um, to work out with the team. And there's a story, uh, your your co-host Byron Williams, uh, Jim, Jim and Byron have a show called uh, J&B Talk and Shop Wednesday nights on YouTube and Roku, uh, where they talk about the NFL from players' point of view a lot. They have a lot of fun. But Byron came on one time and he said he thought, you know, he played in the championship year when they played the Bears, but the Super Bowl year, he was a last person cut. In that year, he decided not to go up and work out with Phil Sims. Bill Parcells called him and asked him what he was doing. And he said, well, I'm doing my own little private workout down here. I think he was working out with another receiver, if I'm not mistaken. And Byron still thinks that this day, that's one of the reasons he was cut. So does is there validity to that first, Jim? I think, and this is to uh, Jack's point he just made, is, is certain players are treated certain ways. And if you're a star player like an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Donald, or guys like that, they don't have to be at OTAs. But if you're an, a player that's on the edge or a player that's not secure in your position on the team, you better be at those voluntary workouts because you're going to hear about it. Even though Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald, because of the contract, Kyler Murray, they're no, they're not in danger of being cut. That's how about that? How about back in your day, Jim? I mean, I know the star players. I still think, in star my players, day, it voluntary yeah. meant you better be there. Right. I mean, was, but Jim, was, Jim, you make you, that decision. You right. could tell us the story firsthand, the famous Jimmy Johnson story. One of the players fell asleep at the meeting and he got caught. Yeah. He said if it was Troy Aikman, he would have tapped him on the shoulder and said, wake up, Troy. Is true. What, what's the story behind that? The story was true. We were in a uh, special teams meeting, and Jimmy walked into the meeting a little bit later, and he saw we had just traded for this guy, and he was asleep. And Jimmy called him out in the meeting and released him right after during that time, which he was right. I mean, why go to the media and not pay attention? Because here's the thing. It doesn't just affect you. It affects the whole team. It affects the whole team because when you get into a, obviously, a game situation and you make a mistake that you should have known in that meeting because you were asleep, you didn't know it. You're going to say, well, it wasn't my fault, but it was your fault. But what did Jimmy wouldn't have released you. No, if had you been the one asleep, he would have just probably made a he little. He told joke. me to go get a cup Come on, of you got to get it together, stay up. Yeah, but he knew he knew certain players wouldn't do that. He knew 
they had obviously accountability. <clears throat> this player had just got traded and he didn't have accountability. He was a talented player, but he didn't have accountability. And that's why so, he got traded. So Jim, you coached with Bill Parcells on the Cowboys. Yes. And I imagine you, you guys talked. So if there was a player that didn't come up for the OTAs, the voluntary OTAs, I would imagine it met and miffed, if not you, some of the coaches there, and there was kind of a mark put against them, I would think. I could be oh, wrong. No, qu no question, because although it's voluntary, it's not like you're in you're, – most the majority of players lived in the area, so there was no excuse for that. They weren't traveling, just like you said, from Texas or – and say uh, various places, California. But even if they were, they were there. But you're right, because that that shows are you committed? Because it's not just your job, it's everybody's job there. Because there might be some new schemes put in, some new uh, things that you're thinking about utilizing. And voluntary, I mean, voluntary camps, you can't have any pads on. I mean, you're just running around. This is what we used to call the shorts Olympics. Right, right. So so to 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 kind of piggyback on that, we we see a lot of injuries today. We see a lot of players being held back. There's no hitting anymore, really, unless you're scrimmaging another team, you don't hit each other. Do you think the NFLPA should revisit this? Because what it's what it's what it's showing me every year now, like I've never seen before. That players are getting hurt, not even getting hit. The blocking is terrible. The tackling is terrible. The game, the game has kind of dropped a level. I mean, not, not enough that it's going to affect its viewership, but if you love the game of football and you I mean you're you're into it, the game has dropped off. Is this something that I that maybe the NFL PA should revisit? Never mind the owners. Well, what happens is they wanted to change it because of the injuries and the concussion. But here is the um, the problem with it, is your body's not getting acclimated to getting hit. And just like you said, there's there's no happy medium. We went to the extreme. And it's, it's difficult to get ready for uh, players. Uh, prime example is when the Buffalo Bills were really good with Marv Levy, didn't have a lot of hitting in practice. He was similar to what they do now. And but as the season progresses, your body has to get acclimated to get hit, and you're gonna have more injuries if your body's not acclimated. And I that's just my opinion. I think you're right. I think there has to be more hitting. And um I was asked the question, the Cowboys practiced in Oxnard, but when I was there, we practiced in Thousand Oaks, and um we went to obviously um one year we went to um San Diego, and then we practice in Austin with Jimmy. We practice at St. Edwards. I mean, the whole basis of, of, of camp goes back, I mean, since the beginning of football, right? These players had to, to you know, they worked on the offseason. Yes, and they had correct. to get in football shape. But to me, uh, today, if, if it's just laziness, I don't know what it is. But the shape that they're in isn't football shape anymore. It's They might be jacked. They might be fast, but, you know, if you're running down the sideline and you pull an ACL and nobody's touched you, there's a problem there. And it happens more than more than that now. Yeah, I think what happens, too, is there's different kind of you have all these gurus telling you 
how to get in football condition. And I think that is, you have personal trainers, you have everything, but they're different. And the only way, the really truly way to get in condition is continue to do the things that are football related. Like I said, we're talking about, especially with offense, that's where you're seeing more injuries in the offense and defensive line because they're not used to taking the pounding. The running backs are starting to absorb more where we said that it's a short-term position anyway, but now they're even starting to get more injuries. I mean, it's just, it's just the way the game is changed. And we did hit, but here's the interesting thing about Jimmy Johnson had this thing called middle drill during uh, training camp. The middle drill was 12 plays and it was all out. It was everybody was in. It was an inside drill, but it was truly hitting. And he was only 12 plays, but everybody said, wow, but those 12 plays were pretty intense. Right, right. They were intense 12 plays. You wouldn't see that these days. You can't. Did anyone take a cheap shot, an extra hit that wasn't necessary during those 12 plays? Not not really, Jack, because no. it was it was competitive from a defensive standpoint and an offensive standpoint. Because you wanted to win those middle drills. Mm, sure. Sure. You always want to prove you're the best. So this yep. is baseball, baseball, but it's related. So Jacob DeGrom, the Mets pitcher, says his shoulder is normal now. He's ready to go when the Mets are ready to bring him back to go. Here's another instance of a guy saying, well, this was his excuse. Well, spring training was short. Now, these guys are being paid $30 million a year. They have eight months off. They can take a month vacation, a month and a half vacation off and do whatever they want. But they can hire personal trainers. They can work out their arm. Why does it take, you know, spring training for a pitcher to stretch out his arm so he can pitch seven innings? To me, this is ridiculous. If I was a GM, in the contract would be, by the time spring training rolls around, your arm better be ready to pitch at least so many pitches. I'm not pulling you after three or four uh, innings during the regular season. But when it happens in all walks, so like Mac, Mac, it happens in all sports. I mean, boxes, for example, when they show up at training camp, a lot of times they're not in the best of shape. What are they doing the two, three Different. months before going to camp? Different. Different. I mean, no, you make a good point, Jack, but here's my question. Is it with pitchers? Is it timing? Is it getting your timing? But that's what spring ball is for, is getting your timing down. Is I would it think. It should be for conditioning. It should be before timing and getting yourself. And that's basically what I'm saying about football. It's not the condition. You should be in shape by the time you get to the game. Right. That's why they used to test you all the time to make sure. And that goes back to where you said that players had all-season jobs. But is it your timing? And that helps you get away from some of the serious injuries if you have but, the time now. And, and I agree, Jim, but that's all it should be for. See, to me, when you're making – you have a responsibility to the team that you're making. I agree. And to the fans. And to the fans, the, the whole the whole nine yards. Now, to me, it's, boxing's not a good example because, you know, you're, boxing, you're, you're, first of all, boxing is a totally different sport than baseball. All right, you could almost compare it to football. I think it might even be a more a little bit more physical to football, to be honest with you, because you're what taking pounding, you're standing toe to toe with a guy. So your rehab is a little bit different, I think. 
Now, if you're not boxing for a year, you're not in shape. But, but there's the economics, Mac. Like, like, let's look at Jacob DeGrom in particular, who you mentioned. After this season, he's able to opt out of the next right. two years left on his contract that is paying him $27 million a, and a half a year. If it's a healthy Jacob DeGrom who regains his form as the best pitch in baseball over the rest of the year, teams are going to be lining up to give him major, major money, and the Mets are going to give him a brand-new, gigantic offer. So he wants to impress. He wants to get back. There's an urgency with Jacob DeGrom to get back. Is he getting back a little sooner than he should? I don't know. Well, Jack, I I agree with all you said there. But if I'm the GM of the team – I'm going to tell him, if you want $35 million a year, you better come to spring training ready to throw the ball or the or that's part of the contract. Because why am I paying you all this money if you're going to pitch six games a year for me? That's ridiculous. This is what I'm saying. To me, you have a personal responsibility making all this money. You're not making $5 million, You're not making a million. You're not making $100,000. you are making one of the top wages in baseball. If you can't afford a trainer and you can't afford to get yourself and at least stretched out where you could throw six, seven innings by the time the season rolls around, I don't need you because all you might be great, but for six, seven games, is that all I got from you? You sure ain't worth it, Jack. That's all I'm saying. You know, you wonder with all these trainers out there, the pull hamstring muscles, especially I know back in the day, you look at the athletes and anyone who played any level of sports, you didn't have to be a professional athlete, but you ran very hard. You played baseball, you'd run, you put out the same effort running wise. Okay. I mean, I never got to pull hamstring muscle even close and I would be running all out. And you look at the old time major league baseball players. Have you ever heard of Jackie Robinson lightning fast getting a pulled hamstring no, muscle? I think at some some points, and this is just my watching this thing, is that sometimes this generation's athletes over condition. They don't take chance for their bodies to recover. And that's what causes some of the pulls, the tears. And I'm not saying there's got to be a happy medium. Right. Because if remember last year I was telling you about the Giants and what he was doing was those receivers. The right. receivers run more than any other position. Yeah. And then that's why I said there's got to be a happy medium. You got to be careful with it because no, overtraining, as a part, same as undertraining, you're going to have injuries. I definitely agree with that. There's got to be somebody, there's got to be a person responsibility, is all I'm saying. There's got to be for you ready to come to spring. Oh, yeah. No and question. ready to rock. I don't want to hear it's too short when everybody had a short season and there's pitchers yep. out there right now making a lot less money, but they're pitching. So, you know, I, I just it just bothers me when I when I hear something. I like think that. any responsible athlete, Mac, Jim, to them it's a year-round job now. And oh, yeah. Age. They work out year-round. Maybe they take a couple of weeks off at the end of the season and then they get back to work. You would right think back. they would. You would think they would. Um, so let's talk about the, the boxing match last night. You brought up uh, Davis uh, knocks out uh, Roland Romero in a sixth round. Uh, was it predictable, Jack? I mean, I, I don't know. I know Romero could throw is, is a hard puncher, a big puncher, but it was a pretty yeah, predictable. To me, it was predictable. I mean, that Davis, I, I thought it was going to stop him early. It took him in the sixth round. To me, Tank Davis didn't look good at all. 
during the fight. Romero kept the pressure on him, but it was the ending. The one punch, the left hook that stopped Romero, that excited the crowd at the Barclays Center. The thing about it was the buzz that Davis had. I mean, uh, he's just gained a certain fan base and he, they sold out the Barclays Center and it was like an electric atmosphere just looking at all the people there. And when you see, you know, the likes of Madonna, you know, coming to his fight and it was a great sports night for New York. I mean, the Barclays Center sold out. The Rangers were selling out Madison Square Garden. Pags was going to City Field to see the Mets play the Phillies. I mean, New York was the place to be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But Giovanni Davis looks like he's maturing a bit, you know, personality-wise. But there were some concerns that some of his fans coming from Baltimore, you know, might get a little hyper if Davis was to lose the fight. But to me, he was never in danger of losing it. But you know what sells a fight? This ridiculous trash talk, unfortunately. I mean, can athletes be humble anymore and just talk nice about one another and sell a fight? Do they have to talk like they're two kids that have to be taken to the dean's office and you know and be disciplined? But uh, I guess that's the age, like a modern athlete. Is is. I mean, they're selling the they're selling the product. Yeah. Yeah. Box. Yeah. Boxing, boxing is just all over the place. We had a great special on that when we talked about fixing boxing. If you guys want to check it out on YouTube, fixing boxing with with four great panelists. So if you get a chance, go over to YouTube and check that out. Jack up the NHL to me. Uh, I don't know what the bigger story is. Now, if the Rangers win, just win. And, and well, I'm saying if they win the next game, Jack, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is the big story, right? They could be going to the third Stanley Cup. If the what's the bigger story to you guys? Is it Tampa Bay going for the third cup, or is it the Rangers with the possibility of going and beating Tampa Bay and going to the Stanley Cup? Jim, the Rangers with the possibility of beating Tampa Bay and um, getting to there, but you always like history, and if Tampa Bay can win and go to the third and has the possibility of winning their third cup. That's always good for the sport. I agree. And Jim, the, the New Jersey part of Jim never left him because otherwise <laughs> he would have said Tampa Bay. Because, you know, the Rangers, I don't know whether Jim cared about hockey or not, you know, growing up. <clears throat> but obviously the Rangers were big and hockey heard yeah. about it all the time and yes. felt a little bit of a sports bond with them being from Jersey. Because yeah. Tampa Bay is the obvious story. Going for three cups in a row, Jim. What impartial observer would think the Rangers would be a bigger story? I mean, they did win well, from what they, where they a while ago. From, but Jack, wouldn't it be a big story? And you always like New York and L.A. teams to be successful because that brings more interest to the sports because they're media centers. Yeah. Yeah, listen. Well, it, yeah. I think either one. I think either one's big, right? If the Rangers win, I think it's – is it tonight, guys, or is it tomorrow? I'm not sure. But if they can, if they can win that and and it's press tomorrow, on, I believe, yeah, and press and press on to play Tampa Bay, and here's this team. And Jack, you got to admit, came out of nowhere this year. They knew they had a good young team. They didn't think they were going this far. And here's the underdog. You know, David David versus Goliath to me is always a great story. Right? Oh, yes, I agree. I got to tell you what's interesting in Tampa Bay. My buddy who lives there goes to a lot of games. 
He says, far and away, the Buccaneers are the biggest team in Tampa, not even close. But the Lightning are actually more important than the Major League Baseball yeah. team, the Rays. They're more popular in Tampa. And that's unusual. A hockey team is ahead of a baseball franchise it, in that you. city. It is. It very much is. Last story, folks. And, of course, this is by Big Sports Network. With, I don't care. Uh, Antonio Brown says he's not playing this year. That's I don't Jim's care. kind of player. I don't care. I mean, Keyshawn I, I, Johnson. That's who Jim would get if he were the GM. Him and Keyshawn. Yeah, well, he might. Chemistry. But I mean, I mean, why is that even in the headline? It was in the headlines. Guys. I know. I don't. I don't understand it. Why? Yeah. I, don't care. I mean, I know. I know he's a nut. I know he's crazy. I know he likes taking off his shirt and dancing and stuff. And when he leaves the field, but really, I mean. Listen, he had a lot of potential. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't care about his football career, really. Who else should care? I don't. I don't get it, Jeff. People like looking at car crashes. Well, but let me it. let me play devil's advocate, Jim. Let yeah. me play devil's advocate, Mac. For a number of years, Antonio Brown was a good team player with the Steelers, wasn't he? With Big Ben. No. Maybe no. it was the culture, Mike Tomlin and Big Ben, that kept him in that line. Could be but he did, you know, he functioned. He wasn't too controversial there. Well, I, from what I understand from the other coaches that were there, he was very controversial. And, uh, you know. Uh, if they you're the Packers, a- you take a flyer on Antonio Brown. He's just too erratic. You know, you give him to Aaron Rodgers, he could, they could do some nice things together. Yeah, they could. They could. They could do some great things together. Yeah. They both could skip OTAs and uh, lose the championship. Yeah, game. yeah. Pickles That's is that. an Avalanche fan. Yeah, I, and listen, Pickles. Avalanche had a heck of a season, and you know they're a great team. So. Um, we're just, you know, I'm just a New York fan and that's, that's my problem, I guess. So, so folks, I want to thank you for tuning in. It's great being back. Great discussing with my two co-hosts here. We always have a lot of fun. Yeah, on. Glad to have you back. Thank right, you. Man. Thank you very much. And, and folks, thanks for tuning in again. A lot of views, a lot of likes and loves, and we appreciate that. Uh, Jim will be on. Well, let's start with Jack. Jack, Monday night. Oh, no, no, tomorrow night, Memorial, yeah, Memorial no, Day, we're skipping the one week on the holiday. They won't, they won't be here because they're lazy and they want to go out and party. So uh, they won't. Uh, Frank is at the Jersey Shore. He made the decision. I mean, uh, uh, anyway, anyway, folks, I'm just kidding. They're taking a well-deserved break. They got, you know, they work, work so hard once a week. So they got to take a day off on, on Monday. <laughs> And, and, you know, that's Wait, okay. I'm holding off on you. It sets voluntary to do the show. Right. You know, voluntary like, workouts. Oh, right. right. Just like the OTAs. Right. Jim, Jim, and, Jim and Byron will be back Wednesday with J&B Talking Shop. I'll be ready to rock. And Thursday through Sunday, the Mac and Jack Sports Show, uh, all the way through from Thursday where we start our regular show, Saturday's debate. And this great show we have on every Sunday, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Sunday. Have a great Memorial Day. And, uh, no, I hope uh, whoever you're voting for, Miami or Boston or whether it's the Avalanche or the Rangers, I hope your team wins. We'll see you later.